0: The inaugural issue of the New Thinking Aloud magazine was just released on March 1st. You can download a free PDF copy from the New Thinking Aloud Foundation website. Thinking Aloud Conversations on the Leading Edge of Knowledge and Discovery with psychologist Jeffrey Mishlov. Hello and welcome. I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. Our topic today is UFOs and Miracles. We'll be looking at the extraordinary life of a North Carolina businessman named Christopher Bledsoe. He is author of UFO of God and his life has been totally transformed after his first UFO encounter followed by continuous events involving healings, clouds of fire, personal transformation, and even social transformation. My guest is Christopher Bledsoe, who lives in North Carolina. And now I'll switch over to the internet video. Welcome, Chris. It's a real pleasure to have you on the program. I'm delighted to connect with you.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Mishlove. I am honored to be here. I really am.
0: You've had an unusual experience, but not just a single experience. It's sort of been ongoing, continuously. I guess it's been about sixteen years now, and not only has it impacted you and your family and your friends, but it's involved researchers in the uFO community and government officials as as well it 's really quite an extraordinary story yes sir it um you know what's' it's really strange
1: is that it's uh it, it's, it's, it's growing exponentially the the interaction and uh, I mean, I never dreamed it would get to where I go out every night, and here they come, you know, it's pretty
0: strange. But you have sent me some of the videos that you've taken, and I'll share them. I guess this is just a couple of the hundreds of videos that you've made. What I saw looked almost like fireflies, much of the time, tiny little dots of light, but. Sometimes they flash and become larger, much larger than a firefly could possibly be. Okay, there's a tree right
1: here, and there's an orb right over top of it. It's um, it's moving northeast. I saw it coming, I filmed it coming at me, and let uh, it come to speak to me. Thank you. March 15th, 2023. It's starting to dim out. I'm having to walk left of the tree to keep it in view. Thank you. Yeah, and it's been doing that. um, I, I noticed a shift in February. So I've been taking those types of videos um and it's just growing. I think I don't know why, but yeah, they they'll flash you red, flash you white, flash you yellow, this
0: and sometimes it'll be really really big and bright. Why don't we start at the beginning, Chris? If I understand correctly, it was 2008. Up until that time, you had no interest, particularly in the paranormal or UFOs, although I gather you considered yourself a devout religious person. Right.
1: That's correct Uh, on all fronts. I was too busy raising four children and building 100 homes a year, which um, really had me, you know, everything I could do to manage that. So I really never... Thought
0: about the paranormal up until that day, 07. And it all happened in one amazing day. You were out fishing at the Cape Fear River with your friends, including your son. You experienced missing time. And then from that moment forward, it was like nonstop.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was the craziest thing. I mean, as as soon as we got home, it followed me home from the river that night. And then pretty much uh, we never knew when something was going to happen. But right away, we'd had these orbs. Smaller orbs would flash inside of our house. And then you would see uh, one or two, sometimes the two we saw. My wife um, was walked down the hallway following two shadowy figures that come out of an orb inside the house. But we saw that quite often and still do. It's uh,
0: well, you know there's a conflict within the UFO community between the nuts and bolts people and the people who say that this is paranormal and it might be other dimensional or spiritual. I'm under the impression that at this point in your life, that although it was very frightening at the beginning, that you consider it primarily a spiritual phenomenon.
1: Yes, sir. I, I completely do. And um and knowing it knows your thoughts. I mean, how do you how do you reconcile with that? It it knows where you're gonna look before you look and the way you're gonna react before you do. And so that force is so powerful, I don't know any other way to look at it than you know, a, a spiritual thing. It's it's not physical by uh any Uh, spacecraft of any means. It's always been a light, you know,
0: and these shadowy figures. It's not as if you've ever seen anything that had landing gears or bolts or a metallic surface.
1: I I have seen those in the daytime, and I've filmed several of them, um, rotating, glowing what looks like a disc in the air. Uh, I have uh, a lot of photos of uh, little round orbs that looks gray or solid in the sky. But I, I wonder, is it the same phenomenon able to to change its appearance at will, which I think that's what it's doing.
0: I should mention for the benefit of our viewers that I was connected with you through my good friend John Alexander, who's been interviewed on this channel several times. He's well known as a person who is an expert on the paranormal from within the military, although he's now retired. But you've developed a close friendship with him as well. And the important thing I want our viewers to know is that John attests that while in your presence, he experienced one of the only two UFO sightings he's ever had in his life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. John is my friend. He's been there for… it it was a special thing that that we got to experience that together and to see his reaction. It was just, um, I mean, it, was, it makes me laugh. It makes me happy uh, that he's my friend. I really thank the world of, of John Alexander. So does all so my do kids. I-
0: yeah, there are all sorts of rumors circulating around John Alexander. Some people think he's a disinformation specialist involved in unsavory activities. And I don't have any reason to believe any of that and I've known him well for 20 years. I trust him entirely. And the unique thing that he pointed out is that before, just a few seconds before this UFO appeared right above the two of you, you told him it was coming. You felt it. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's what really got his attention. And um, i i never made anything of it because it was so natural you know to to sense it and walk out i feel it from inside and there it would be well um, John my eyes on that part and um uh, yeah that was uh within 10 seconds it appeared i told him i said i hear them i feel them they're right above us john and when i pointed up it, it appeared and it didn't fly over it just appeared in a big flash and there's this ball of light and it just flashed about five times and shot off to
0: the south. And uh, John was on the cell phone really quick. (laughs) It was great. I also gather, Chris, that John is just one of a number of people, many of whom are from the government, who have made a trip to your home in North Carolina where these phenomena seem to be appearing on a regular basis.
1: Uh, yes sir there have been many uh witnesses from the government uh, all the way back from the 2008 when they first started coming and um that's been uh, you know i got a reputation in the the ufo realm that i was uh the government's boy or nasa's boy but really i i, I found the most sense within these these government officials would come, and you know, I was my family was made to be afraid of them to begin with because they had men in black and all this, but it was quite the, the opposite that it was John and Jim and all these folks that have been uh, to my home and st- have stayed in touch and made the most sense to my children. and. Actually vindicated them with their friends. And so, yeah, that's, uh, that's been probably the best part of this journey is to have these people around me that understand and really want to get to the bottom of what's going on here. So, but that's. That's a mountain to climb.
0: Well, it it is a mountain to climb. It seems to defy almost any kind of conventional uh, scientific explanation. But uh, I think it's important to point out that many of these government people who have come to visit you are having similar experiences of their own.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And some are having them since we met. And there are others that had them before we met, and they're truly you know trying to find answers like all the rest of us and You know you hear stories the government has all this technology well, I'm sure they got a lot of interesting stuff, but from my um uh, dealings with them, they don't know much more about it than we know, and they're just trying to find the answers too so
0: well i I think the crucial thing or let me put it a little differently one of the central features of your encounters is uh, the healing aspect as as i recall from your story you suffered for a long time from a serious case of crohn's disease which to my knowledge is is considered uh, not reversible Crohn's disease is typically permanent, but in your case, it lifted uh, right after your first encounter.
1: Yeah, it happened that night. Um, and I didn't realize it, how how much it went away for to a few days after. But the very next day, I knew um, it, it was mighty strange because I this medication I was on I had to take it every day and if I missed it within two hours my body was so used to it um, especially one particular type that restricted my intestinal system it would cause it to to force it to try to digest food Um, so it it, the very next day around 10 11 o'clock I started panicking I hadn't had my medicine and noticed that I wasn't feeling sick, and so I just waited. I had that thought that night, um, that day, that maybe something happened, and sure enough, over the next week, it just completely
0: was not there anymore. Tell me, isn't it the case that uh, you had some communication with a being, you refer to her as the lady, associated with these orbs and these These appearances of glowing large glowing lights of different colors and and she it was giving you some instructions so that I suppose really at the end of the day you've become something of a healer yourself well yeah, um that I didn't know what she had
1: when she came it was five years after the river event, and I was really frustrated with. Uh, how uh, everything had gotten. It was kind of a dark time. My children were being made fun of in school, and they were little, 10 to 17, four of them, 15, 13, very tender age to have their whole class laughing at their father, and the teachers calling them up to, to tell the story. Because of a Discovery Channel show, it got all that negative publicity. And so I, I was ready to quit, and I walked outside, and I just shouted to the sky, I'm, I'm done. I'm not, you know, I try to get a photo just to share with my friends, just to, to let them know I'm not lying. And it would show up, but it would never let me get a photo. But she showed up on Easter of 2012, five years to the day of uh, that five years later. And, uh, immediately. Uh, amazing things started happening and it turned from a dark place to I was in Washington DC helping this child that his mother wrote me last night. She's so excited. But uh, it was a very prominent family that my whole family has grown to love. Uh, They were at wit's end, didn't know where to go. And I guess... What's amazing, Jeffrey, is that her, she being a doctor and her dad a cardiologist and with all the the resources in the world, there was nobody to help that child. So they reached out to some old guy from North Carolina that had a UFO experience to try to help the child. And that floored me, you know, how uh that came about. But uh, this young boy is in college now. He's he was. 13 with a feeding tube and said he wouldn't make it. But uh, he's coming again this summer to visit. He he does pretty much every year or so we get together.
0: Now, if I understand correctly, there was an intermediary who who brought you together. uh, Larry Freskella, I I believe is his name. And he's also the person, if I recall correctly, who introduced uh, John Alexander to you he sure is Larry's a good friend and he's one of those guys that has
1: a connection to everybody he friends everybody he's a friendly person uh very wealthy and uh he just knows how to 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 he knows everybody and so uh, yeah he called me and he knew about this child in dc and um and it said we need you in washington like tomorrow i'm like tomorrow are you kidding this was the fourth of july friday was the fourth and my kids were coming home from college and i'm like we got can it wait to monday i didn't even really know the story he said what's more important i'll never forget it i said what's more important a child's health or your vacation i said well you got me there larry send me a ticket and so next day i'm in washington and he picks me up, and we go down to their house. And I was totally lost, Doctor Miss Love. I had no clue what to do. I was frightened about the whole thing. Uh, you know, I don't. This is new territory for me. How do I help anyone? I don't know how. And um, so I just started praying about it. And this voice said, after we were there two or three hours, it said, "Just hug him." And I did that, and that started this this uh, journey for him that I don't know if it was me that did it. I don't claim it was me. I think it's more like the phenomenon is in control, and maybe I have a little access to it to, to ask it to do things like that. So,
0: Well, I gather it was Larry Freskella who had the insight that you could be the person to heal this child.
1: Yeah. yeah, he knew because it was it was uh, NASA, a friend at NASA that I was working with pretty close for a while there. He came into our life. There was two of them, uh, Dr. Hal Meyer, and then this fellow by the name of Tim Taylor. And I told Tim what happened on an incident with a dog. And that's in the book. That was the first indicator. I had no clue. It was two weeks after the little lady appeared. I had, uh, this black Labrador that for some reason had a big gash across its neck and there were witnesses. There a lot of people there and one guy with a camera filming and nobody understood what happened to her, had no clue how she got this big two inch gap across that vein. And it was blood was going everywhere. And I, she ran in the back door of my house, bleeding all over the floor. And I picked her up and took her outside, laid her on the patio, and put my hand on her neck and was just holding pressure to stop the bleeding or try. And I just looked up and said, what do we do? And everybody's looking at me. and I knew she was going to die. And so I just cried out, Lord, what do we do? What do I do? I don't want my dog to die. And immediately I felt her her whole tense and everything about her being tense and nervous. Just, she relaxed. And when I picked my hand up, there was no more cut there. And that got me, that got the attention of my NASA friend. And he's like, I think somebody's telling you, you maybe should try to help others. And that's how that came about. And so it wasn't long after that, when Larry called about this child.
0: So it's not as if you have a, a regular, ongoing healing practice.
1: No, no, I, and I don't, I don't profess that. Although there's a never-ending shortage of people reaching out that their mothers dying or has cancer or, and you know, I just tell them all I'll keep them in thought and prayer. I, there's no way I could deal with all this, and and it wasn't my intention. But if that's a if it helps anyone I'll do what it takes, you know, in my power, although I have no idea what I'm doing <laughs> at all.
0: Now to get the story straight, there was a 5 year gap between your first encounter and uh, and that that 5 years uh, was a difficult time for you. Your children were being uh, attacked by their fellow classmates and you and your your family were still, I gather, afraid of uh, all of these lights appearing, uh, sometimes inside your house, often outside the house. Uh, uh, the friends with whom you had gone fishing were i think also startled maybe frightened by the things they saw and and you had 4 hours of missing time during that original encounter that to my understanding you still haven't really uh, explained or investigated
1: well i've struggled my whole this whole 16 years to figure out what it was that happened and i get images of, and, and these memories, I guess they're memories, but I can't guarantee it. But the overwhelming thing is that I was looking down at earth from way up high and that I keep seeing over and over. But, and it felt like there was someone behind me, just, you know, kind of this guardian presence that was over. Uh, behind me, and showing me this from above, but details I can't remember details as whatever they did, they did it good for sure
0: and and the other really intriguing aspect of your encounter is that while the Crohn's disease, which is a very serious condition, seemed to evaporate at the same time, you began to uh, contract rheumatoid arthritis.
1: I did. It was two years of, you might say, reprieve. And Dr. Gary Nolan mentioned to me that he thought maybe the the Crohn's went into remission and came back as this uh, rheumatoid. Of course, I had it tested uh, at Chapel Hill University, and they didn't see the crossover, although it can happen. That's what they told me. But my rheumatologist believes that might be what happened. But irregardless, um yes, I I have had a bout with that. I really struggle with it. So But I'm better right now. At least I feel better. My doctor's telling me, no, you need to go on infusions like next week and I'm fighting
0: that pretty hard, so, so you're feeling better, but the doctors say you, you you're still suffering from rheumatoid arthritis.
1: Yeah, she says I have a very aggressive kind that um, if I don't put it in remission, it could do a lot of other damage. So, so you know, that's it's a hard decision to go on those kinds of medications. You know, sit in a doctor's chair for an hour every month and have these things in your IVs and all. So, and the, what it does to you physically and strips you of your energy and. Lord, I don't want to go back that route, but I do what I have
0: to do. Well, well, so it's very interesting. The the Crohn's disease and the rheumatoid arthritis, I guess, would both be considered autoimmune diseases. Right. So if one could kind of convert to the other, it would be a, a function of your autoimmune system. That's what Dr.
1: Nolan told me. Yeah, he sure did. He said it's entirely possible
0: you got a reprieve from one and it came back as the other now gary nolan at stanford university is uh, currently regarded as w- one of the foremost people within academia who is looking very seriously into ufo phenomenology he's uh he's a brilliant he's a brilliant scientist He's into the DNA and the uh, all that. I gather that since you had your first encounter with the lady five years after your original experience in 2008, so this would be about 2013, uh, ten years ago. Now you've had ongoing experiences with this lady figure.
1: Well, I haven't seen her other than uh, I saw. I've seen her. Uh, three times, but I still know that even though she's not um, here in person, that what's coming is what was with her when she came the first time. These orbs are attached to her, and I know this, and uh it's it's like that there you know if I speak to her, here they come It's really bizarre, but We filmed this, we've studied it, and a lot of people have witnessed it and how it reacts. And also, what does all that mean? I don't know. I I feel like an infant, you know, with all this power coming. It's so powerful and, and I'm on its radar. You know how, when you think about it, this light this week, I filmed for an hour one orb setting one of those yellow ones yellowish red it was 30 feet from me and every time i would turn my camera seven or eight times in an hour and say i have a friend right there it would appear in the same exact spot for an hour and did it over and over on seven eight different videos so it never left it wasn't like something flew over and And, you know, it's waved at you and it's gone. It's still there. It's standing next to me. So it's taken on a whole new new thing. How large was this particular orb? It was uh, about big as, um, of course, they can flash and look different sizes from a little flicker. But the orbs on average are about this big. You see them flying around like uh, upwards of a bowling ball. Uh, sometimes smaller. Even those you see flying up high, they can look really bright and make themselves look bigger, but they're not all that big. They're, they must, of course, they can be very big. I mean, and I've seen them go from this size to a Volkswagen in one second. It's just like whew, that size
0: and bigger. I have the impression that you consider these orbs to be conscious entities.
1: Yes. I actually do. They, they're very much uh, communicating, um, and, and I've demonstrated this hundreds of times. How I can ask certain things or say certain things, and they'll respond. They come back and answer me. So I've developed a way to ask and get an answer from them, and and then they they that light when they flash you with it. It makes you have these dreams, and I'm sure there's. Information
0: coming through the light, for sure, so it's as if the the orbs themselves are uh, a life form.
1: I really believe they're there's some kind of uh magical supernatural being. It's the only way I can best describe it, but of course, we had the right people here to figure it out. It might be something entirely different,
0: <laughs> you know, I don't know, but that's what I'm seeing. Well, they certainly don't appear to be biological in the same way that we are.
1: Right. They're
0: not. It's just a ball of light. And I actually have a video of
1: uh, taken at my old house with a young lady that was suffering with lung cancer. She was standing next to me, and her best friend was on my right. I was right between them. And we were out in my back property with a group of folks. And... She came from two hours to seek uh, help for her cancer scan because she was going in on Monday. Anyhow, uh, I had some Native American friends there that stopped by by accident. They called me, and it was a great thing because they were at this uh, burning tree that we had at our old house that happened. They were saying their Native American song and we were all watching them and suddenly an orb appears about 15 feet out in front of us chest high and it came right straight at me rotating got it on film the whole thing and it flashed and when it flashed out of that orb stepped about a six and a half or seven foot tall white figure of a like a human figure and instantly, that when the flash went out, now you got, oh, got this translucent violence. figure standing there, and the orb is inside of it, and it walks out of screen. But the whole point is, uh, when she went in to get her scan on Monday, uh, all the cancer was gone except one tiny little speck.
0: So yeah, I've seen a lot of things happen. What are what are some of the questions that you ask of the orbs? I ask them all the time to help others that are sick. and That's
1: an every-night chore. I have a whole lot of people that write me letters and emails and texts, so I'm always asking that, um, and I'll get signs. Uh, sometimes certain people, um, I'll film the response of the orb and send it to them, and it gives them hope. I don't know if it's hope or what it is that helps some of them. If it's a placebo thing, you know, I don't know. It's just what I do. And but I often ask them, you know, to help with like my book every night. I'd go out and I'd say a prayer and I'd ask for the words and I would get up the next morning. And before I got out of bed, I was writing as soon as I woke up and I did that for months and months. but. It's no telling. It's whatever you uh, the the person is here. Sometimes will have questions about their family or certain events, and they want a response. And this this could be anything. We ask them.
0: Do you ever ask them where they're from?
1: I do, but I actually believe they're from here. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that they're part of this world, and they live around us in the air above us, and we just don't. See it. I think the dogs can see it. I pretty much have proof. My, my My border collie sees them because he'll alert me. He might be looking one way, and I'll hear him barking. And when I turn around, there's an orb that a uh, you know that'll appear a minute later. It's like he sees them when we can't.
0: And do you ask for, for more healing for yourself? Do you, are you asking them to help you with the uh, rheumatoid arthritis?
1: Uh, yes, sir, I am. In fact, uh, in 2019, I was, all, I was almost permanently in a wheelchair by early 2020. I, I could not hardly walk. i try on a cane, and I would make it 10 feet, and I'm just excruciating pain. And Jim Simivan... My friend, Jim, he told me, he called me, he said, you need to pray for yourself. I, I always felt guilty about it and never would. And so I started praying and um I started getting better. Even though my doctor says your DA score is high, but your other numbers are very high. Your DA score is not that high. Right now, even though it has been, that's the disease activity score. There There's other numbers are really high, she says. But regardless, I began to get better and better and was able to use my hands again. For the longest time, I couldn't even use my hands. I mean, couldn't tie my shoes or anything.
0: Well, it is interesting that uh, you were standing next to a woman who was healed overnight from lung cancer, which is pretty serious, but the rheumatoid arthritis is responding more slowly, but is responding to the uh, healing influence.
1: Yeah, it it has responded, and I'm still praying every night. More now, ever since I went to the doctor last week, and she mentioned, you need to be on infusions, well, I started praying harder (laughs) And I am every day
0: now. I keep it in my thoughts all day long. So, we'll see. You mentioned Jim Semivan, who, uh, as I recall, wrote the foreword to your book, UFO of God, who has also had experiences similar to your own. He was the Director of Operations for the Central Intelligence Agency.
1: Yeah, CIA. He was the big guy there. And... um, they even have awards named after him when you walk in the door. That's how uh, how high up the ladder Jim is. But, yeah, he and his wife, Debbie, we, we love them. Our whole family does. It was Jim that came to my house in 2016. He came for my birthday, and he um, told my kids to call. It was, yeah, it was 2016. To all their friends to the house, call them all over tonight. I want to have a talk with them. And so they invited all their childhood friends and had just they'd all just graduated school and three police officers come pulling up. They were young cadets and they just got their car, but they were my son's best buddies and one of them was a cousin. They all pulled up and Jim, around a fire on the back patio with all these kids there, he told them like it was. He said, you have no clue who is watching this man he was talking about, and this family. So that made a big impact in my children, especially my middle son, and our relationship as a father and son, because they, they, they suffered bad from this.
0: Well, it seems from what you're saying and all of these contacts that you have with people in the government that the government has shifted. No longer are government figures debunking and ridiculing people such as yourself. They're coming out and saying that uh, I've had experiences like that as well, and, and we in the government know about these things. We, we We may not know everything, but we understand that this is real.
1: Absolutely. um no, it's real. And yes, they're, they're coming out and, um, very high level guys are coming out to tell because they think we all should know, but they really don't know what it is much more than you and I do. It's just. It's like John Alexander says. We, they're communicating, but we need to a Stone, right? We don't have that.
0: Well, there are a lot of people who have assumed that phenomena of this sort must be diabolic, that that, that they're not, uh, even if they're spiritual, they're not positive. Uh, are you encountering any of that? I never have in in the sixteen years since
1: January of '07. Um, It was always I was suffering from sickness and losing everything I had and unable to support my family. And so I'm in that mindset, crying out to the heavens and these big balls of fire came. And that scared us, scared me. It really did. And my family. But once the government started coming in 08, different folks from there and throughout the whole time, we realized that it wasn't going to eat us, and it was something everybody wanted to learn what it was and they uh, actually, I stayed away from these u f o conferences and going to those places because they from some guys from NASA asked me to to not we don't want you tainted by others' experiences. keep yours to yourself and we want to study it in its pure form and so that that's how it started with you know different government guys and and we made friends and I've been privileged to know things that way ahead of time others haven't been aware of and I've been places that I'm honored to have been in Mission Control and the astronaut crew quarters and all I, I go play on NASA like a big playground and walk through their machines and and they welcomed you know me with open arms and. And been into some amazing gatherings in Washington DC, like Brandon's Bar Mitzvah. That was, that was the greatest thing. I had no, I had never been to one. And that was the highlight of my life, I guess, to be there and experience all these beautiful people dancing and having fun. And, uh, it's just so close to camaraderie. It's just it's been a blessing, this whole thing. Uh, has turned out that way.
0: It wasn't always a blessing, but it's turned that way. Well, you keep referring to love, how, how close your family is to the families of the people who you've encountered in the government who you're working with. It's very rare to hear the word love used in conjunction with relationships with government officials. Yeah, and believe it or
1: not, my Dr. Hal Meyer, he was the first guy at our house in '08. He came in June, and for 11 years, he died in 2020, and he was coming to our house for Thanksgiving, he and his wife, Katie. But he fell. He was 80 years old, and he fell and and, and went in a coma and never woke up. But that man uh, came, and he told us, I come to debunk you. We didn't know that for the first two or three years. I was terrified of him and all the rumors, but he turned in to be the greatest uh, thing. My kids loved him. He would bring big bags of, you know, all kinds of artifacts from tactites to uh, a tiger, saber-toothed tiger tooth, or, uh, uh, you know, a woolly mammoth tooth. And all my children, when they knew how I was coming, they'd invite all their friends from elementary school, and he'd sit around. He couldn't visit me, but he was in the kitchen with all the kids the whole time. So he made all of them's birthdays. He made my daughter's college graduations, her piano recitals. He would come 13 hours from Florida to do that. That's been my... Um, that's been my experience with government. It's totally opposite of what people would think.
0: Yeah, many people have nothing but negative things to say about the government. So, it I find it very interesting that uh, you have such an open heart and they respond to it.
1: Yes, sir, they sure do, and um. You know, if it wasn't for them, some of these guys, uh, I may not have as tight a family as I have today because they brought about a bunch of healing towards, you know, us as a family group. It really made my individual family, because we were being ostracized, uh, come closer together and feel like we had somebody I could call if there was any trouble. They've always been there. If somebody was ugly, I'd make a phone call, and, and there'd be that reassurance, nobody's going to bother you. And
0: I know your son, uh, who I, if I recall correctly, he's also named after you, uh, he was there at the first encounter, and he was terrified.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I've heard of many guys from the government talk to him and say, you know, you're one brave person. You're one of the few people that we've ever heard of that had a face to face encounter with these beings and not be have your brain wiped or, or you know, you remember the whole thing. It was happening in in real time. And um yeah, he's it took a lot of people coming. That was a big thing. From NASA folks to CIA, they come to help that child. When he was 17 years old and struggling and feared to go to, he wouldn't lay down in the bed. He would jump up and run and get in the bed with his mom and I. At 17, he was that afraid. Uh, you know, it really impacted him.
0: If I recall the uh, story correctly, uh, he was there that on that first occasion when you were fishing uh, at the Cape Fear River. And uh, during the time when you experienced four hours of missing time, he went out to look for you and ended up uh, encountering these orbs and beings that seemed to emerge out of the orbs. And He hid from them in the bushes, uh, but he was watching the whole time and, and they immobilized him. Uh, but, these beings, if I remember correctly, were like shadowy figures with big bright red eyes.
1: Yeah. And um, they look, if you can uh, imagine something translucent, a complete figure of a being that has the ability to turn their their brightness up like a light bulb. They can glow very brightly or just barely, and you can see them. But when they first approached him, I'd been gone an hour or more, and he started looking for me. And finally, uh two hours into it, he never returned back to the fire while the other guys were looking for me. There was four of us. So one sat at the fire and two took my truck. And Chris Jr. went on foot um, back in the forest. And they lost him. When I got back to the fire four hours later, I'm like, where's Chris Jr.? Because he wasn't there with the three of them. And they were not fishing anymore. They were just standing. They were... They were uh lost for words because they'd lost me and my son. And he said, we don't know. He's been gone two hours. We've been looking for you and him. And so um I just went right on by him. I didn't stay more than a minute to speak to him. And I went into the forest calling out for him. And what had happened is. Uh, without getting too long, he could see all the way down the road about a, a good quarter mile from where he was. He had a straight view down this road with trees straight up that grew over top of the road. It's like a tunnel you go through. And he saw these two orbs that far away, two red balls of light, cross the road into the riverside. Then they came back out in the road and started towards him, Just seemed to be floating above the ground side by side. And when they got within 15, 20 feet of them. They were not orbs. They were two little tiny figures, about three, three and a half feet tall. And their eyes, he described them as like they could close like shutters. One would be open and one would close. They could do either one just like so. And when they'd look at him, he couldn't scream. He couldn't yell. He couldn't move. And that traumatized him worse than anything, having no power at all. It mean... If you'd hear him talk, that was, that was what really got it. And that's happened before.
0: Before that occasion, you mean?
1: No, after. I mean, after that occasion. It's happened again. Where he was paralyzed. Yes, sir. He'd be asleep in the bed and he'd wake up and run. Uh, one night, he felt like he finally escaped whatever had him, and he ran in there with his mom and I, terrified, screaming, that he'd heard this uh, noise, this humming noise, and when he woke up, they were all around him, and he couldn't move. And he finally got away, And um, but that happened several times. That's why he would run away from home. He, he was scared to stay in that room. He was scared to sleep there. He thought if he could leave, it wouldn't
0: follow him. Well, it did. Everywhere he went, it was behind him. I guess it was your prayers. You were feeling so frustrated, and your family was feeling terrified by this and ostracized. And it was your prayers, I gather, that brought the lady to manifest to you and explain to you that uh, this could be looked at as a gift, and it was up to you to use the gift. That's exactly right. Um, I was ready to
1: give up and she came and she said, you know, why I'm here. This is your burden you must bear. That's how she said it. And I felt ashamed because I just that night said, I quit. I'll never talk about it again. And when she came, um she said, if you will tell what you know, she didn't tell me what to say. She just said, tell what you know, and that's not a whole lot, right? Uh, Other than here it is, it's appearing, you know, you want to see it, come here and we'll show it to you. But what it is, there's a lot to learn yet, but um, she said, if you'll do this, I'll be with you, I'll guide you, and I'll help you all along the way. And immediately, immediately I began to take pictures. For five years I couldn't, and I have shoot 2,000 videos I've taken in the last two years. And um, many, many more, many with the cell phone, many thousands of photos of orbs with people in them, dogs in them, other animals inside these
0: balls of light. Has she given you any uh, indications of of why the communication has opened up so much now? Or uh, also, has she talked about the future at all?
1: Well, you know, this is amazing because in 2019, from 2012 until 2019, you'll not find much on me as far as talking publicly. I I was dealing with rheumatoid arthritis, having to move, very sick. And so uh, there was not the whole time. That was the latter part towards 2019. So I walk out of my little cabin on uh, Easter Monday of 2019, and this orb comes out of the sky, and it hovers over my pond 25 feet away for a half an hour, and I filmed it for 18 minutes, but after it left, I I stood up, and I felt so exhausted and drained, I just collapsed on my bed, and you would have thought that I would have wanted to tell the world, but it had this draining effect on me. So I went in, went to bed. But the next morning, I got up. It was like, "Oh my God, you got to tell the world what just happened!" So I immediately started doing podcasts, and I did ten in that year. But what the or what this being told me? He said, uh, "Trouble is happening. Tell everyone to store up and lock their doors for a little while because there's trouble coming." Well, that had to have been COVID in 2020. I'm telling us in 2019. But it said, we're going to start appearing around the world more often. And uh, because we want the world to know that we're here. And we're going to help you with witness and with camera and um, record us to share with the public. And immediately it started in high gear from that point until now. You know, this just incredible the amount of interaction that's been happening since then and growing every day.
0: Do you have a name for these beings or do you just refer to them as orbs? Well, I think they're, to me, they're some sort of an angelic being,
1: a uh, celestial being, you know. But what does that mean? What does it mean? I don't want to use it in a a 2,000-year-old Bible verse, but I really think they're talking about the same thing that we're seeing here today. But what is that? You know, we I don't know. But it is spiritual. It does have a lot of power, more unconce- inconceivable power. And the knowledge of our thoughts knows what you're going to say before you say it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I just hope we can figure it out while I'm still alive you know. um, But I think it's
0: going to introduce itself in a bigger way. I know you've had some interactions with Diane Pasulka, who is a a scholar of religion and who says that uh, your experiences are actually quite consistent with ancient descriptions of angelic beings. Yeah, in fact, if
1: you read Daniel 10, where he talks about his encounter with an angel, I described it the same way. His body looked like glass on the outside. It uh had red glowing eyes. Uh, Daniel says the same thing. His body gleamed like topaz, so shiny and brilliant, and his eyes were like fire, red fire. So is it the same thing? I suspect it is the same thing.
0: But then again, what is that? It does certainly suggest that the doorway between our dimension and their dimension is opening up.
1: Yes, it definitely is. And some of the videos I sent you this week, uh, I've taken 40 like that in the last two weeks. Forty. And you could see me turn the camera in one direction and say, can I film you? And immediately it flashes and flies right all over my head and stuff. So uh it's definitely communicating in a uh,
0: a hundredfold greater than it was 2 years ago. It's increasing and and yet it does seem to be centered around you personally. It's it's not as if it's uh, spreading all over North Carolina.
1: And it doesn't matter where I go. If I'm in Las Vegas or California it shows up the same way. And um And another amazing thing that I write about in the book is I've had great success at asking it to appear in live time in other locations and it do it within a split second over Washington, D.C. I have a friend there with a camera and he's waiting and suddenly it appears right over him. I've had that happen in Spain, Charlotte, North Carolina, Texas, Houston. Uh, people on the ground with with photo equipment, and suddenly it appears over me and over them at the same time.
0: Well, that's very interesting, and and I think it's wonderful that you're combining a a very deep religious sensibility about this, and at the same time a willingness to work with scientists.
1: Yes, I
0: think this is the
1: greatest thing ever. We need to figure it out, you know. Uh, I'm just the enemy, um, I'm just in the middle, right? It, it likes me for some reason. And um I'm, I think the world needs to look into it while we have the chance to do it. It might lead me tomorrow, but I don't think so. I think
0: it's going to get greater. Well, Chris Bledsoe, it's been an honor to uh, be with you. I'm very interested in following your work, and I hope we have an opportunity to uh, continue the conversation. You have always got that. Um, um, Anytime you want me, I'm
1: here for you. And I hope we can get together sometime and maybe experience this phenomenon together. That would be really amazing.
0: I'm sure I would enjoy that very much, uh, Chris. So thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you for having me.
1: You know, I've been a fan of yours for years, and it's just like the greatest honor to be here. So I just thank you.
0: Well, it's an honor for me to be able to introduce you to the New Thinking Aloud audience. And for those of you listening or watching, thank you for being with us.